Hey, this is Kyle Papineau. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church in Orange County, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message encourages you and it helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, um, it's an honor to be uh, worshiping with you. It's an honor to, uh, to be a part of what God is doing here. And, and I just want to say, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for what you guys bring to the table. Because we believe this. I, Pastor Phil teaches it in Essentials. Every single one of us has gifts that we bring to the table. God has specific gifts for each one of us. And when we show up together and we do life together, it multiplies those gifts. I don't know how it works, but when, when you bring what you have and I bring what I have, it's not like one plus one is two. It's somehow like one plus one is a thousand. It's just the way that God works. And so uh, that is why when we, when we worship together, man, we love hearing uh, you guys sing. We love being together in the community. Now, this morning, we have a community that is with us online, and I'd love it if you'd help me say what's up to those who are watching online. Thank you so much for being with us. Man, it is exciting to be here. Who's ready to hear from the Word of God this morning? Did you come ready? Because I did. I, I, came, I came ready to hear, uh, and I'm, I'm listening just as much as you are um, this morning. So if you would, turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. We've been out of this passage before. We've, we've walked through it. Um, and so there are times where I feel like, man, God, we've already preached this message. How do we, how do I preach it again? And uh, it's not so much like he tells me you can, you can preach it until you get it right, but uh, <laughs> there is kind of this, this intense need that I feel to share out of Acts chapter 2 this morning. So we're going to read the, the bottom part of the, of the chapter together, um, and it says this in verse 42. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation this morning. It says, all of the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, you might say, well, what's, what's the apostles' teaching? When we look at the Old Testament or the New Testament church, the apostles were the ones who started the churches. They were the ones who were going out and doing the work, and, and we have a, a, uh, another gift that we call pastoring. And so they devoted themselves to this, to listening to the word. It's not just my words, but... I'm, I'm preaching from the word. Come on, somebody. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. That's what we're doing tonight. And to sharing in meals. Praise God for in and out. We can all get that together at some point. Uh, it says, including the Lord's Supper. So they also had communion together. That was a regular part of their, their getting together. And then they devoted themselves to prayer. Verse 43 says, A deep sense of awe came over them all as the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. All the believers, all of them, met together in one place and shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions, and they shared the money with those who were in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in the, the homes, I'm sorry, they met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all of the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Now, the NIV says this last verse that way. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So my message this morning is called Sincerely Yours. Father, I pray that everything that you have spoken would be heard the exact way that you want it to be heard. God, we are here to hear from you. We, we need you to speak. I need you to speak. So I pray that you would open our ears to hear what you have for us this morning. And everyone said together, amen, amen. Now, hey, guys, from the outset, I want you to know church is fun, Okay? There you go. Church, I want church to be enjoyable. If you're just sitting there and, and like a lump on a log, I want to encourage you, lean forward, get into it. Don't treat me, college students, like one of your professors. I, I need you to get into this with me, okay? Because it says they were all together, okay? I'm one of you. I'm with you. And though I feel like God's shared a word with us, I want you to lean in and be anticipatory. What does it look like if, if we would all come to church expecting God to move, 
expecting him to speak something to me, expecting him to speak something to your heart this morning that will carry you through Monday morning and Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning and so on. So help me, talk back to me. Don't, don't let this room be quiet. I don't tell you why. Because when we come together, it says where two or more are gathered, God is there with them. He is here with us and he is not silent. We dove into that a couple of weeks ago that our God creates things by speaking them. That he actually speaks things with his mouth into our hearts. He uses his word to say a lot of things too. But we were created to be like him. And so uh, I, I've got something that I want to read you in a little bit and, and I want to challenge our community with this because I got convicted as I read it. it, was, it was, it's a funny meme, but uh, it was like, hey, that's a little too close to home. <laughs> you know, like, ease up on that for me. But I, I, I do believe that this morning God has something for us. Sincerely yours. What, what does that mean? What is it? We don't use that unless we're writing it in, a, in like a pen pal. Does anybody have a pen pal? Anybody write letters anymore? Anybody? No, I didn't think. I've got one, two, three that actually, what is going on here? I am so sorry, guys. That's what I get for wearing can I have the handheld? Thank you. And we're back. <laughs> um, I, I, I tried a, a pen pal thing one time. And it just didn't work. Number one, my writing is absolutely atrocious. And if I wrote you a letter, you would be offended, not excited. Okay? So let me just set the stage with that. I wrote a letter, and I never got one back. And I thought, okay, well, that's, that's the end of this relationship. I have no desire to continue writing to someone who's not going to write me back. Well, you know what's really interesting is God wrote us a letter. And I wonder, are we talking back to him? Or is this a one-way pen pal situation? Because it, it shouldn't be. This should be a, a relationship between you and the creator where, where there's open dialogue readily throughout the day. And we, we've talked about prayer. We've talked about Bible reading. And now I want to talk about one of the other pillars of our faith. And, and last year, we had to walk through a crazy year together. And it's funny. I was looking back on some of my Facebook memories. And there are just some things that I think I would have handled better, knowing what I know now. Of course, we didn't know what we know now, and, and so I think I would have handled the situation differently. I can't say necessarily better, because I feel like we did the best that we could through the entire pandemic. But now that we're kind of getting back to some form of normalcy, uh, it's, it's time for us to come back to church regularly. And, and when I say come back to church regularly, I don't mean come to church once every two months, because that is the current definition of a faithful churchgoer is once every two months. Let me tell you what the Bible says an average churchgoer looks like. Acts chapter 2. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship and sharing the meals. A deep sense of awe came over them. Let's see here. They sold together. To, oh, here it is in verse 46. They worshiped together at church every day. If you went 48 days without going to church in the New Testament, you were not a part of the church. And so I'm just lovingly telling you as your pastor, it's time for us, those of us who are here right now, to set a standard in our lives. That normal church attendance is normal. Weekly church attendance is normal. Because, Emily, I need you to be here so that I can be me and we can have a good time together. I, I loved watching Robert walk in today because he was, he was gone last week at a wedding for his family member, and it was so cool because I walked up and I got a huge hug from my, my guy. And it's like, dude, I, I, love, I love worshiping with you guys. Jose and Janine, it's great to see you guys because you guys give me a hug when, I, when you came in. I love being together with you. This is not so I feel good, by the way. This is so that you hear from God and that this community grows together. Now, this week, I was, I was at dinner with some friends. Um, actually, they were, they were guests at church last week. I got the opportunity to take them out to dinner, and I just asked them this. I said, hey, what, do you, what, what like, attracted you to coming to Legacy? Because they'd been here before, so what, what attracted you to come back? And one of the things that popped up was this. They said, we love that everyone was so friendly. We really felt like everybody there came up to us and said hi to us and cared about us. 
they weren't like a professional greeter where they're trying to get, pardon me, uh, employee of the month. <clears throat> they actually cared about, it's funny, we, we all laugh because we know what that's like. It's like walking into uh, H&M and, and they're like, hi, how are you? How can I help you today? What do you need? What's your social security number? I'm like, cool it, chick. I don't need this in my life right now. I'm just looking for a shirt. Don't try to get uh, uh, employee of the month on me. That's not going to work. But he said, seriously, I love that it, it didn't feel like they were trying to get employee of the month. It felt like they cared about me. They were sincere. Everyone was sincere. So when, when a newcomer steps into our church, that is what they are seeing of us. And I'm proud of you for that. I'm so grateful that this is a place that I can bring my friends and I can feel comfortable releasing them here, saying, hey, you need to get to know any of these people because they're all fantastic. What would it look like if every single person that walked through our door said that? They were sincere. I could tell that they cared about me. I could tell that they genuinely wanted to know my story. One of the things that maybe I would have done a little better during the pandemic is continually push the vision of our church. I would have weekly reminded us what the vision of our church is. Because see, we teach it in essentials, but then somehow there are, are just little drifts here and there, and I want to kind of bring us all back together. And the mission of our church is to see people who are far from God raised to life in Christ. We want to see people who have drug addictions, porn addictions, divorces, all kinds of crazy attitudes that they have going on. We want to see those people, which, by the way, was all of us. We want to see those people come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and not just that, to set an example for them so that when they come in, they see, man, not only is Jesus my Lord and Savior, but there's an entire life full of gifts for me to step into. And I don't mean presence, I mean he, he put stuff in each one of us so that we could be a part of the community. To see people who are far from God raised to life in Christ. And then we have a, a vision statement to, to make that even a little bit easier for people to understand. Experience what God can do through you. How many would like to say, hey, I'd love to experience what God can do through me? When we came to Christ, that's what we raised our hands for, am I right? Not only did we want to be saved like from the bad stuff that we were doing, but we also needed an influence in our lives to then take us and say, I've got more for you, and I want to do stuff through you. Because, by the way, if it just stops at to you, you become a reservoir or a dam. But if it goes through you, you become a waterway. You become a channel. You become a vessel, and that's what Christ said he wants. He wants vessels that he can pour into. So experience what God can do through you. But how do we, how do we practically live that out? I mean, it's a, good, it's a good start, but what does it mean? Well, it means that we want to take people from a place of apathy about God and the plan that he has for their lives, and raise them up, teach them to obey all that he has commanded. In fact, Matthew chapter 19 says it this way, that you are to go and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And don't stop there. Don't stop once they've been baptized. Teach them to obey all that I have commanded. That's pretty wild. Teach them to obey all that I have commanded. Well, what does that look like? Here, here's one of the things that we want to focus on. And, and the worship team did it so great this morning. We want to focus on presence over presentation. Sometimes tracks don't work. That's just life. Sometimes iPads don't start up. That's life. It's really weird that iPads have this tendency to not start up on Sunday mornings between 9.30 and 11, but hey, it's life. <laughs> I want to see us set a precedence of presence over presentation. That doesn't mean that we don't value presentation, okay? I still, I still try to put nice clothes on for you. I still try to do my hair so I don't look like a slob up here for you. 
I expect you to do the same for us. Please come to, to, to church clothed, okay? <laughs> that was funny. Come on, guys. There you go. I, I don't want to have to keep reminding you church should be lively, but let's help me, all right? <laughs> it doesn't mean that we don't value having screens with words on them. It just means we're not going to put the focus here. It means we're going to put the focus where it really needs to be, and that's the presence of the Holy Spirit. We're going to trust that he's going to show up, that he's going to speak, so that when we sing, I just want to be with you, we can do that with, without the lights and the screens, and we can do that without comfortable chairs. We can just be with God. Let me ask you something like this. Is the presence of the Holy Spirit something you change into, like your clothes, or is it something that changes you from within? If we value presence over presentation, are you wearing the Holy Spirit like today's t-shirt? Or are you carrying him in your heart? Is it something, is his presence something that you can step out of? Or is it something that you're constantly aware of? I hope it's the latter. I hope that together we can always say, you know what, we want the presence of God. We follow the presence of God. But then, did you know this? In 1 Corinthians 16, uh, Paul says, do you realize that your body, this meat bag right here, is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. What? You do not belong to yourself. I didn't understand this completely. I mean, I, I, I try to study and, and apply the word to my life, but I realized this on a different level when I got married to Brittany, that my body, my things, my bank account is not my own <laughs> anymore, okay? It now belongs to two of us. Not only that, I am also responsible for her. There's this mutual assurance that, hey, we're going to make sure that each other are doing well. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit is in us. He's saying, this is no longer your bag of bones. This is mine. And if you'll partner with me, I will make sure that my will happens. Not that you'll get a nice car. Not that you're going to be okay in every single situation. Not that you're never going to have a fight with your spouse again. But the will of God will be done if you will partner with the Holy Spirit. If he is in your heart, if he's walking around with you, he will tell you what to do. So presence over presentation. Another one, authority and authenticity. But authority over authenticity. What does that mean? Kevin, go for it. That thing's driving me nuts. Uh, online crew, there's this clock on the wall that buzzes for 10 seconds straight every minute. And I can hear it from here, and I see people looking at it, and so we're just going to handle it real quick. Then we're not going to handle it real quick. <laughs> Thank you for, uh, for being a part of this with us, guys. Um, I told you we're about presence over presentation. We have no, no control over that one. Hear, hear this, though. Authority over authenticity. Authenticity is great, okay? That's where we are, are like the most approachable versions of ourselves. But if that is the capstone on who we are as people, we've missed out on something entirely. That the capstone is the, is the stone that goes on the very top of everything. The capstone has to be the word of God. The word of God carries authority over every part of our entire lives. So if you don't have the Bible in you, I want to encourage you, like Pastor Phil did last week, start reading the scripture. Dive into it. What, how is it applying to your life? What is God saying to you through scripture? Make that a priority, because authenticity is great, but what if your authentic self is a real jerk? Seriously. Authenticity is great, but what if we are, are worshiping authenticity over the authority of Scripture in our lives? Are we putting authority, I mean, uh, uh, authenticity on a pedestal 
where the, the word is actually subservient to our authenticity. Well, I'm just telling you because this is the way I am. Well, if you'll read the word and that word has authority in your life, it will change you. And it will change your authentic self. I'm sorry, but your original authentic self isn't good enough. It can't be. We were called to more. As Christ followers, we don't have the luxury of saying, hey, I've grown as much as I'm going to grow. Authenticity is not enough. There has to be an authority where we're reading scripture, and I'm gonna read a tough scripture in a minute, and I hope that we can all sit together and, and realize, man, this is crazy what God's asked us to do. Because if you didn't know, it's crazy what God has asked us to do. When we were starting this church, we sat, Brittany and I, sat at our dinner table at different uh, restaurants, at other people's dinner table. We were trying to get people to join our launch team, the the team that would eventually start this church with us. And um, it was funny. I was sitting with the guys at the barbecue place this weekend, or this week, and yes, I had barbecue, because if you're going to have dinner, you might as well have a good one. And... uh, yeah, there's just something about pulled pork. Like, you, you just feel like the, the Holy Spirit's there at the table with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, totally, I'm not. Um, as I was sitting at the table, I told these guys, I'm like, man, I, I feel like I'm back where I was three years ago when we started telling people about this church because these are, these are guys that don't know the story. Some of you have been with us a long time. Some of you were with us in the Seagulls uh, uh, family room. You guys know the story, but some of, some of you don't. Some of you don't know that God called me to plant a church when I was a student at Vanguard. And then a couple of weeks later, I met Brittany, and on our very first date, we were sitting on Balboa Beach. I told her, I said, hey, God called me to start a church, and if this, between you and me, would ever like work out long-term, you need to know I've got to start a church. And she'll tell you now that it was in that moment that she felt like God gave her a grace to come alongside me. And do this. And then we started telling people, hey, we're going to start a church. We're going to start a church. It was, it was three years ago, a couple months ago. It's crazy that it's gone so fast. But then we were telling people, hey, we want to create a community where people can come and be a part of something that is bigger than themselves. We want people to feel like they're at home with us, but we want to see people who come and help us change a city. Help us change generations of families. And I can already see that we've got some evidence that that's happening. That's really cool. But what I didn't tell people, and I kind of wish I would have, I said it on launch day, this church will always set scripture as the authoritative word in our church. Scripture has preeminence. It It tells us what to do. We don't conform it to what we want. It tells us how we're supposed to be, and we live by that rule. So this doesn't mean that we don't value authenticity. I think, please, don't put a mask on. Even though it's Halloween, even though it's COVID, I'm not talking about those masks. Don't put a mask on and come to church and pretend like everything's okay. One of my biggest pet peeves as a pastor is when people say, I didn't come to church because I was going through something really difficult. That is the most, oh, I almost said something bad. That is the dumbest thing that you can do to yourself. (laughs) I know, sorry. I get fired up because I believe in this because you guys will come to us when you guys have good times and when you have bad times. And what's really funny is you trust everyone with the good stuff, but you only trust the pastors with the bad stuff because you want everybody to see a mask. And I'm tired of it. I've started going to my small group and saying, hey, I don't want to wear this mask anymore. I've got things that I'm struggling with. Will you pray for me? I'm the pastor and I'm talking to college students. But you know what? If I truly believe that all the believers were together in one place and they shared everything that they had, it means they also shared their losses. It wasn't just the wins. It says they sold their their, uh, land, they sold property to make sure everybody had what they needed, but I guarantee you what some people needed was not more property, it was a, a, a listening ear. What some people needed was just to be in the presence of other believers to help build their faith. So when you're going through something, don't stay away. Now, if you're sick, stay home, get better. We'll see you next week. But if you're going through something difficult in your life where where you're struggling and you need prayer, this is the place to be. This is supposed to be the place where we say, hey, 
I believe that God can heal you. Let's lay hands on you and pray. This is supposed to be the place where if you need something, we can all rally around you and say, hey, guess what? We've got what you need. In fact, one of those things is happening today. Susan and Simba are getting married later this afternoon, and they have asked many of us to help out. They had a need, and we get to serve that need. That's what the church is supposed to be. That's the new standard of authenticity. But even though we've reached a new standard, that does not excuse the authority of Scripture. The authority of Scripture has to be preeminent in this house, and it will be. Now, I want to show you something, because I wish I would have seen this earlier. This would have, uh, this would have been really cool. Um, Acts chapter 2 is what we read. I want to read it again, but I want to show you uh, the different things that Legacy Church is doing to partner with the Scripture. So, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, that's church, fellowship, that's small groups, sharing in meals, that's fellowship, uh, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer, that's personal growth. They committed. In fact, it says they devoted themselves. This was not like an agreement that they had. It means they set their entire life's trajectory on the course that these four things were going to be the most important things to them. Do you notice that work was not in that list? Do you notice that schooling was not in that list? Do you notice that projects are not on this list? That's a big one for me. Hobbies are not on this list. It says they devoted themselves to the church. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to sharing a meals. Hey, y'all are going to eat anyway. You might as well eat with somebody else. Right? And I'll tell you what. I've heard the Castanetas make some pretty good enchiladas. Okay? I've heard that. I, I know Brittany makes... Um, uh, hold on. I'm... I'm Blanking on the actual name, uh, it's the pasta. That's from a box. That's not fair to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Brittany makes a lot of good food. Uh, I know Pastor Phil and Barbara make a lot of good food. I'll bet there are some people in here who make some really good food. If you're going to eat, you might as well eat with someone else. In fact, when we started small groups, we said it this way. If you like doing something, do it with someone else. If you, like, uh, if you like hanging out and, and having coffee, we'll invite other people to coffee. If you like asking questions, that's how our group started. Ask questions with other people. But they devoted themselves to these things, and that means they set their entire life trajectory on making sure that these four things were there. But what I noticed is if you set your life's trajectory on making sure that you have church, fellowship, and small groups, and you supplement that or sustain that with prayer, that's actually a really good way to lead people to Christ. And if you're doing that, then you're leading with love, which, by the way, is the first value of Legacy Church, is lead with love. If people don't know that we love them, they won't care what we have to say. But if they feel welcomed, if they feel loved, they'll stay. They'll get involved in community. You guys get a friend out of it, and they get a community out of it. How cool is that? Then we go on to verse 43. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the, as the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. It's funny. Everybody was watching. Everyone was watching what the apostles were going to do. That means they were expecting the miraculous, which, by the way, is the second value of Legacy Church. We expect the miraculous. So when someone comes to church sick and we lay hands on them, we believe that, man, God can heal you. We believe that God's going to set people free today. You, you may be struggling with something, and you may, you may be a, a believer already. That doesn't mean that you don't struggle. I'm believing that God can set you free from that. What would it look like if we all came to church expecting that God was going to move? And then you have, um, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They celebrated community. Which, by the way, I don't know if you're catching on, is the third value of Legacy Church. We celebrate the community. We celebrate each other. We celebrate. When you guys have a win, we have a win. When Simba and Susan get married, man, we're going to go celebrate them today. That's awesome. When you guys have a loss, when you guys have a hard time, we also get to celebrate with you in those moments. 
Because there are so many times in Scripture where you'll see um, someone going through something difficult and someone comes up alongside them and will help them. In fact, that's who Aaron was to, uh, to Moses. He lifted his arms, physically lifted his arms when, when Moses couldn't do it anymore. Man, wouldn't that be cool if we had a community like that? But then we can also celebrate our community, the community of Tustin, the community that we're in, and that's what we're doing tonight. We're going to go celebrate them by taking their pictures and giving them candy. We are going to rile their kids up, shake them up, and hand them back like, hey, here's your little bomb. Have fun with that. <laughs> uh, that's just what happens with Levi, I guess. But um, I am so excited to see all the kids come. And what's really cool, and, and I, I pray that you guys will join us. I don't pray. I'm asking you to. I, I will pray that you will, but I'll ask you. Join us. And here's what you're going to do. Talk. That's it. We're going to probably set up chairs like we did last year, and we'll have a big group of people just sitting and talking and, and chatting with neighbors and everybody who comes through and give high fives to those who want it. And, oh, and there's coffee. Cool. That's what's up. So if you want coffee, there you go. See, we're already talking about food again. It's great. But we celebrate our community. We celebrate the community of Tustin and move on. Verse 45, they sold their property and possessions, and they shared the money with those in need. Give extravagantly. I'm not asking you to sell your house. I'm not asking you to sell your car. Yet. Kidding. <laughs> it's supposed to be funny. Wake up. <laughs> I'm not asking you to sell everything, but you might have to sell some stuff. I've had to sell stuff to make sure that people have what they need, to make sure that people understand what God is doing in their life. Yeah, I'll sell some things. I don't just give of my tithe. I, I go above and beyond. And that's not because I'm the pastor. That's because this is a way of life for Brittany and I. We decided this long before we were the pastors of Legacy Church, that we were going to be generous people, that we wanted to give things away. In fact, there was one year before we started this church that we actually had a competition with ourselves. How generous can we be this month? Let's make this month the single most generous month of our marriage. And then we would do it again the next month. How can we do it again? How can we go above and beyond? How can we serve? In the church, there should be competition only over a couple of things. And I'll boil it down to one. Who can serve the best, the fastest, and the hardest, and the longest, and the firstest? There should be a, there should be a competition to serve people in this church. So if you see someone struggling, let's go help them out. You see, guys, you see a girl lifting something heavy, go lift for them. Women, you see one of your own struggling, let's pray over them. Guys, you see one of our own struggling, let's go lay hands on them, let's pray over them. There should be a competition in our church to see how fast, how hard, how loving can we be to these people. How cool would it be if this is something that visitors started picking up on? That instead of just sincere, sincere is great, by the way. That's the word the scripture uses. I'm cool with sincere. But how cool would it be if they said, man, people helped me find a seat. People helped me find the bathrooms. They're right there, by the way. <laughs> people helped me find a place to belong. They helped me find a small group. They helped me find my purpose. They helped me find my passion. This is more than just physical stuff. What if we served like we meant it? Give extravagantly. Then it says they gave it to those who were in need. Actively show compassion. Actively. It means we act on it. When we see a need, we go for it. See the need, fill the need. See the need, fill the need. See the need, fill the need. That's the rhythm. When we see someone going through something, we act immediately. And it has to be active. It can't be passive. It can't be cosmetic so that we get the, the fame for it. No, this has to be actively showing compassion. Which, by the way, sometimes means you're going to have to get your hands dirty and you're going to have to shed some tears. Just is. This week, we have, I have, cried over people in this church, with people in this church. Because I believe that God has something for them. I'm believing, and, and I, I trust that God will work in their hearts, but I am believing that God has something powerful for those people. And then 
They worshiped together in the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That was a really good start. Learning how to change our world. We could do those five things and change our world. But so could any other nonprofit. So could any other group of people. It's not enough. It's a really good start unless you have the authority of the Holy Spirit. Once the Holy Spirit has breathed on it, the word is ruach. There is power. There is life. It is a breath of God. When the Holy Spirit breathes on it, now all of a sudden we live yielded to that Holy Spirit. That's when the other five mesh. Everything comes together and it becomes this vision that everyone can get behind. Man, I want to see my family get better. I want to see your family get better. I want to see our church grow. I want to see our city grow. I want to see us thrive. I want to see you thrive. And I want to see God bless it all. And then I want to hear his voice for my life. I want to hear his voice for your life. Some of you have been asking people for so long, what is God's will for my life? What do, you, uh, do you have a word from God for me? I literally heard this the other day. Someone asked me, do you have a word for me? And I said, yes, go to the word. <laughs> go read your Bible. Don't rely all the time on other people to tell you what God is saying to you, but don't discount them either. Because God will speak to you through other people. I love it. This way, uh, Vance Harvner said this, Uh, We are not going to move this world by criticism of it, nor conformity to it, but by combustion within it of lives ignited by the Holy Spirit. We're not going to change it by cosmetically changing a couple of things. It's going to have to take us having a steadfast commitment to being together and acting together and working together and serving together to change things, to change Tustin, to change your specific uh, sphere of influence. That was another word that we used a lot in our, in our conversations with people at our dinner table is you each have a sphere of influence. It's the people in your family, it's the people in your office, and it's the people who you regularly have contact with. Let me ask you this. Have you followed, not my word, Matthew chapter 19, go into all of the cubicles and make disciples. Go into all of the classrooms and make disciples. Go into all of the uh, I am chats that you're a part of. I am. I'm sorry. I just dated myself. (laughs) Anybody still on Instant Messenger? No? Okay, cool. We'll delete that later. Uh, (laughs) Go into all of the DMs and make disciples. Go into every Zoom call and make disciples. Are we doing that? Are we living like God charged us with this? Because it wasn't a suggestion from God. It was a commandment by him. If you look further into the the entire chapter of Acts, there are four experiences that help us understand the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. In verse 1, the church was waiting for the Holy Spirit. It says they were all together in, in an upper room. They were waiting because Jesus, before he left earth, said, stay here and I will send my presence to you. I'll send my spirit to you. Then you have the church worshiping the Holy Spirit. Then you have the church witnessing to the lost. You have Peter. Peter preaches this message, guys. Okay, like the Holy Spirit has just come, tongues of fire. Everybody comes to the door saying, oh, these people are drunk. And they go, and Peter comes to the door. Nope, they're not drunk. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're speaking in tongues. This is a new gift New gift, who dis? You know what I mean? Now we have a responsibility to go and share it. And so Peter just jumps into this message. And everybody outside starts gathering around to hear Peter preach. Well, Peter preached for a long time. Longer than I'm going to do to you today, I promise. He went on and on and on and on and on. And then at the end of it, gave an altar call. You know what an altar call is? It's where we say, hey, do you want to be a follower of Jesus? Raise your hand. That's that's what he did. And it said 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ because they saw a group of people who were committed to each other together, worshiping God. I just got to tell you, there is something about, like today I got to be in the back in the soundboard, and uh, there's something about seeing people here raise their hands in worship. 
And I just want to encourage you, I've done this before, but as your pastor, you need to hear me. I love spending time in worship, but one of the best places to worship, and I know I'm going I'm to kill the camera team right here, one of my favorite places to worship is right here. I love standing right here because I feel like I'm with my people. I feel like I'm with the people who care about me. I feel like I'm with people who are invested with me. Don't get me wrong, I'll, I'll worship at home. I'll worship on my own. In fact, I did it this week while I wrote this message. I turned worship music on in my living room. I was alone in my living room and I, and I paced in my living room, just walking back and forth, listening to the, to the lyrics. And then I even have a, 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 like an instrumental track that I will pray to. And I just said, God, I need to hear your voice. I know that people need to hear what you're gonna say to them and you're choosing to use me as your mouthpiece. Will you please help me? Because come Sunday morning, I'm gonna be with some of my favorite people in this world and they need to hear from you. That's what I'm talking about. It's gotta be more than just Sunday morning. This has to be, we are committed together. We are doing this together. And you guys need to know, I'm praying for you. Some of you, I have prayed over this week by name and I have wept over and with you because I know what you're going through. I've been lucky enough to be uh, allowed into that area of your life, and I guess what I'm saying is there's about 30 other people here that would love to be in that same spot. We would love to pray with you. We'd love to believe God for things with you. We, we wanna do this together, but it's going to take a commitment from us saying we're going to set a precedent and we're going to make sure that we are in church regardless of what it takes. I'm not saying don't go on vacation. I think that's a good thing. What I am saying is once every eight weeks is not enough. What I am saying is once every four weeks is still not enough. I'm saying every week be here unless something tragic happens or it's a vacation. Now, if you're going on vacation 36 times a year, maybe we need to talk about that. First of all, I want to know what you do for a living so I can switch occupations. <laughs> I'm, I, I'll make light of it. That's how I deal with awkwardness. Because let me just be real with you. I'll take my mask off for a second. It's awkward to have to tell people, be here so you can hear me preach. It's the, like the most awkward part of my job. That and asking people for money. But then I have to realize, I'm not the one asking. I'm simply repeating the words. And so I lovingly get to tell you, it is your responsibility as a Christ follower to be in church every week. That is what the scriptures say. In fact, the scripture says every day. I'm asking you to do once a week. And I'm going to ask you to do this. Also follow Matthew chapter 19, where we go and make disciples. The easiest way to make disciples is bring them to church. If you'll bring them, I'll share the word of God with them. How about that? If you'll bring them, we'll all treat them well. How about that? And then we can understand the letter that God is writing to us. And the NIV says they enjoyed the, the gathering of the people together with glad and sincere hearts. There is an invitation that we have today for this to be sincerely yours, for church to be sincerely yours. It means we're gonna set a precedence in our life, we're gonna put it on our schedules, we're gonna block out. I just gotta tell you, even before I was a pastor, nothing got scheduled on Sunday mornings. Nothing. I didn't play sports because of it. I didn't do extracurricular activities because of it. I didn't go to friends' houses because of it. I can count the times on one or two hands that I missed church for something other than being sick or a vacation. And vacations came once a year for us. And even sometimes while we were on vacation, we went to church. I've got 11 aunts and uncles, and most of them are in full-time ministry. And so we could just pick one of them and go to their church that week. I am not saying this to put myself above you. I'm saying there has been a precedent set. I'll go first. I'll make sure that I'm here as much as I can be. Okay? I'm asking all of us to step up to the plate and bring people and commit to being here. So, what does it look like to walk in the Holy Spirit as a church? 
Uh, Warren Wearsby says it this way, the Christians you meet in the book of Acts were not content to meet once a week for services as usual. They met daily. That's in Acts chapter 2. They cared daily, Acts chapter 6. They won souls daily, Acts chapter 2 again. And they increased their numbers daily. They searched the scriptures daily. Their Christian faith was a day-to-day reality, not a once-a-week routine. Why? Because the risen Christ was a living reality to them, and his resurrection power was at work in their lives. I wonder if people look at your lives, could they tell that the resurrection power is involved in your life? And if it's not, I want to challenge you to change some things in your life. Now, I told you I was going to show you a meme real quick. I don't have the picture of it, but I was reading it this morning, um, and I'm not going to lie, I was a little triggered by it, okay? Here it is. 12 reasons why a pastor quit attending sporting events. Number one, the coach never came to visit me. Number two, every time I went, they asked for money. Number three, the people sitting in my row didn't seem very friendly. Four, the seats were very hard. Five, the referees made a decision I didn't agree with. Number six, I was sitting with hypocrites. They only came to see what the others were wearing. Number seven, some games went into overtime and I was late getting home. Number eight, the band played songs I had never heard. Number nine, the games are scheduled on my only day to sleep in and run errands. Number 10, my parents took me to too many games when I was growing up. Number 11, since I read a book on sports, I feel I know more than the coaches anyway. 12, I don't want to take my children because I want them to choose for themselves what sports they like best. Now, those are 12 things that I have heard personally why people don't come to church. That's why I was triggered. 12 reasons why the pastor wouldn't go to a sporting event. They're always asking for money. I'm not asking for money. God did. I'm simply providing a place for you to obey. I don't like the songs they're playing. It's okay. I don't know some of the songs we play either, and that's fine. I can still worship because you know what? I love God, and I like singing to him. And even if I don't know the words, I can say watermelon a million times, and he's still glorified. I can sing to him from my spirit without my mouth being involved. So I don't have to know the melody every time. If I only worshiped God on songs that I liked, uh, my worship team knows this, I would worship very little. I have a very limited range of songs that I enjoy personally. But you know what? I really enjoy worshiping God. And if I only worshiped on the songs that I liked, I'd be an anemic Christian. This one got me, though. My parents took me to too many games when I was growing up. It's funny that when we talk about sports, when parents take their kids to a game, it tends to be that the kids love that team and love that sport even more as an adult. In fact, I know that, that Cameron loves the Steelers. I don't know why, but he loves the Steelers. Did you watch it growing up? See? This is, this is more important than flag football. This is more important than baseball. This is more important than soccer, than anything else that we could do with our time. I, 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 want, I want you to hear me. This has to be a place that is important in your life. So much so that I believe it should be the third most important place in your life. Home should be number one. Be home, be present with your family. Work, please go make a living. Please be a productive member of society, but three is church. And I'm not even saying that church comes second to work. You're just at work more. And that's okay. But make church a priority in your life. Uh, Jeremy Johnson said this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna start closing here. Jeremy Johnson said this this morning. If your spiritual father or your pastor has only been given the authority to exhort and no room to correct, you don't have a father, you have a babysitter. And I'm not babysitting you this morning. I'm telling you as the pastor, you need to be here. I'm telling you, you need to serve. 
I don't think you have to serve every single week, by the way. One of the things that we are trying to do is, is work in teams to every single one of our, our, uh, our teams so that we can have days off. I believe in rest. God modeled it for us. Let's do that. I'm cool with that. Every once in a while, that's why I have other people preach. Because you know what? I spend hours and hours and hours studying and preparing messages, and sometimes it's nice to have hours and hours back in my week where I'm like, hey, <laughs> I can do other things. But I'm telling you, be here. Bring people with us because that is the charge that we were given. It's not me wanting more people so that more people fill these seats so that I feel better about myself. This is, there is a call of God on my life to preach this word. There is a call of God on your life to be obedient to it. It's on my life too. And so I'm gonna promise you this. I'm going to invite more people. I started doing it this week. I was texting people. Hey, haven't seen you in church in a while. Join us this Sunday. We'd love to have you. Hey, come join us with this. And sometimes the, the other easy way to do this is, hey, tonight we're handing out candy and that's all we're doing. Come hang out with us. Wear your goofiest costume. My brother showed up to a party the other day dressed as me. There are some goofy costumes. That's all I'm saying. He had this charcoal beard on him. It was weird. And it was awesome. And then he texts me. He goes, hi, my name is Pastor Kyle. Thanks for coming to Legacy Church. I'm like, oh, my goodness. All right, I told you I was going to share uh, one more thing here. And this is not me. This is scripture. So I had to wrestle with this, too. Uh, so I've had exposure to it for the last four or five days. I'm, I'm not going to expect the same amount of acceptance to it as you guys will have right now, but 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6 through 14 says this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of our Lord Jesus. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow the traditions they received from us. This is Paul talking to a church about going to a church. For you know that you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you. We never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. We worked hard day and night so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us, but wanted to give you an example to follow. I love this because Paul, Paul's one of my heroes, and he sets examples wherever he goes. And that's what I try to do with my life. I'm not going to ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. I'm going to text people and invite them to church this week. I'm going to show up regularly to church. But then he says, um, we certainly have the right. But even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those who are unwilling to work will not get to eat. If you don't work, you don't eat. Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work and meddling in other people's business. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to earn their own living. Like I said, go to work. It's a good thing. Be a productive member of the society. But also be a part of this community. Then he says, take note of those, and this is the part that really like, I had to wrestle with. Take note of those who refuse to obey what we say in this letter and stay away from them so they will be ashamed. Well, I don't like that. I don't want feel I don't want shame in my life. In fact, it's taken me years to get over things that I'm ashamed of. But here is Christ's or, or, or Christ's word to us. This is Paul writing it, and he says, I even wrote this in my own my own writing, so you know it's from me. He probably had writing like me, and that's why it's easy to tell who's writing when. Don't think of them as enemies, but warn them as you would a brother or a sister. Now, there's another great theologian in our time, um, and he wrote these words. His name's Rod Stewart. Um, <clears throat> he said, there is a love that is divine, and it's yours, and it's mine. Like the sun, at the end of the day, we should give thanks and pray to the one. Isn't it funny that even the secular world knows that there's something special here? That even those who aren't serving him understand that there is a power here. That there are, there are people out there that think this is the place to be. They know about it, they write songs about it, but they won't show up. And so I guess what I'm saying is what Paul is saying. Let's invite people to church so we don't have to let people be ashamed. I don't want anybody to feel shame, period. But sometimes shame is the one thing that will get us up off our butts to act. 
Come back next week and I won't say but. I think God has a word for us and the word is this, be involved in this community. Um, one of the things that I've tried to do better as a pastor is text people and say, hey, I'm excited about you. Andy, I am excited that you and Melissa are here. When I see you guys walk in, I get excited because I'm like, ah, those are people like me. Praise God. I get excited when I see Jim and Susie because I see people who make me laugh, who are friends that will pray with me, that are, that are committed to the vision of this church. When I see Matt walk in, and I've texted you this before, I'm excited about you. I'm excited about every single one of you, and I wish that we would get this in our, in our, our rhythm so we can all just be excited all the time. I'm not going to drag this out anymore, but I will tell you this. There is a benefit to coming to church. This is a place where God will speak regularly to you, so if you want to hear from God, come to church. Read your Bible. Do that. But come. Be a part. And then let's grow this thing. One of the things that we told people, and I'll, I'll have the band come up here because we're going to step into a different portion of our service here real quick and then uh, we'll get going. But one of the things we told people in our, in our meetings as we were starting the church was this. Everybody seen Star Wars? Okay. Everybody remember the Death Star that they were building at the end of the movie? I want to see Legacy Church become a Death Star. And I don't mean a killing Death Star. I mean, I would love for all of us to get together. Let's build something so, so fun and impactful and so big that when we hear about a need, we can point this thing at the need. And you see all these little lasers coming together at the end, and then there's like one single beam that goes out and destroys planets. What would it be like if we all, I'm not a Star Wars fan, by the way, so if I'm butchering this, forgive me. Uh, what would it be like if we all came together and we served together and we got all of our all of our gifts aligned with each other and we pointed it at a need and just eliminated the need. How cool would that be if we find out that there's a single mother in our congregation and we, and we assemble some people and we realize, hey, we can actually meet the need and we can furnish this apartment. What would it be like if we, if we found out that there is families in Tustin that need something and we can just all come together and give it to them? Well, you know what? We're gonna find out tonight one way or another. Because we got people coming to us. It's very rare, by the way, that people come to us. A lot of times we got to go out and go to them and, and spend time investing money and resources and all this to go to them. Tonight, they literally come to our doors. And so we're going to do it together, and I hope you'll join us. I'd love if you bow your heads and close your eyes real quick. Every single week, we give the opportunity to come to know Jesus. Today's no different, but I'm going to do it a little differently. Because I think there are a lot of Christians here that need to kind of re-up. They need to cement their decision again. And, and so I want to invite you to do that. All you have to do is, is raise your hand in just a few seconds. But I want to pray a prayer with you. We're all going to pray it together. The Bible says that if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. That's all it takes. Believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth. But because it's confessed with your mouth, we're going to pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, please come into my life. Make me like you. Forgive me of my sin, all of the things that you call wrong. Thank you for putting me in a community. Help me to invest and solidify me here. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you said that prayer for the first time or again, would you do me a favor and raise your hand? We want to celebrate with you. Awesome. One, two, three, four. Awesome. Man, that is so cool. Guys, let's give it up for those people. If you said it and you're watching with us online, would you do me a favor and put the little raised hand emoji? Man, we want to pray with you. We want to make sure that you guys all have a Bible. And hey, if you don't have a Bible, come and talk to me after the service. We've got one here for you. We'll give it to you. It's our gift. You don't have to pay for it. We want to make sure that everybody has access to the Word of God. Now, real quick, I want to pray over you by myself, and then I'm going to invite the pastoral staff up here. Um, Jesus, I'm so grateful for what you're doing in this church. 
I believe in your church and I believe in your power and I'm honored to be used in this place. I'm honored to be gathered with my friends and my family here in this place knowing that you can use us and that you will use us. And so Father, I pray that you would empty us so that there's more room for more of you in our lives. Father, I pray that every time we step in these doors, we would hear from you, that God, we would sense your presence and that we would take that out and go places and make disciples of every place that we are. And we will baptize them and we will teach them to obey all that you've commanded. Father, today we've, we've gone through some of the things that you've commanded and it's, it's, not, um, it's not always the flowery parts. And so I pray that you would solidify this word in our heart and, and would you speak to us and would you use us? We ask this in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said together, amen. amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Leave a comment and rate this podcast, but make sure to give us five stars. In the description, you can find the website, the socials, and all that good stuff. Special thanks to those who give generously. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to partner with us, you can click the link in the description below. Join us live on Sundays, either in person or on YouTube or Facebook, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.